Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And don't forget to check out my fairly new website, TheRinger.com, for the very best in sports, tech, and pop culture coverage. And don't forget about The Ringer Podcast Network, which features Keeping It 1600, The Watch, Channel 33, Shack House, and our Ringer shows for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. And finally, don't forget about my new television show, Any Given Wednesday, which runs every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. on HBO and reruns on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO On Demand. And now, without further ado, here is the masked man, David Shoemaker. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. Uh, it's a dreary day in Southern California. Um, so dreary. Anyway, Steve Kazee is here, which makes my day. I mean, it's like the sun came out the moment I saw you. How are you doing, man? Good, good, man. How are you? Good. We were just, before we started recording, lamenting the overabundance of wrestling content, which is a really weird thing to, to complain about, but I feel like that's uh, that's just the norm now. I mean, we end up talking about that on every episode of the show. Yeah, so overexposed. So you can't, overexposed. You can't even get excited about a thing before no. they're, they're just like, like, at, during, like you're watching... On Sunday, we had a huge main event that they put on at five o'clock, well, yeah. West Coast time, <laughs> yeah. eight o'clock, so we could get it, so we could all watch it before the debate. And it's like before it was even over. All I mean, it was just like there's like Goldberg stuff popping up on Twitter. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to all that later. Uh, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, I feel like is the is like the news of the week that they're actually going through with this. With, yeah, it's with, like gonna happen. Yeah, uh, after months and months of speculation. Well, it's really weird because like I've gone on the record like to try to make it really clear to everybody that just to like t- to lower expectations that like the the 2K the video game doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the WWE product, right? right. Like when Sting was in the video game, everybody was like, "Oh, well, he signed, sealed, and delivered." But they didn't start talking. I mean, they, that was that came as a result of the video game, sure. I mean, that yeah. was part of it, but. Um, but yeah, it seems like WWE is 100% all in on promoting the video game by having this match at Survivor Series. It seems like a full promo match for a video game. I, mean, I think Meltzer, somebody was on the record saying that's exactly what it was. Which I mean, is there's, terrifying. There's no me. question. Yeah. yeah. It's very strange that you would have... I mean, I don't want to like dog at it. It's going to be a really interesting match that we're all going to like be there watching. I mean, we're all going to make <laughs> go out of our way to be watching that live for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, but it's like... Like this was a match. This was a, a match that happened at WrestleMania. Was it twenty? WrestleMania twenty, and it was widely considered just a joke until it's like terrible two match. weeks ago when they started announcing, you know, hyping this new thing. Well, at that time, wasn't it? They, they were both leaving the company. Yes. He, it was um, the end of Goldberg's like, short-term deal, and Lesnar was quitting to go pursue his, football. Yeah. yeah, or try to play football. He made the Viking squad, didn't he? I can't remember. Yeah, there was a lot. That's actually a really weird story. He he came close to making it with very little with very little practice. Also, like, had wrecked his moped or something like that, right. and had not quite recovered from it, which is very, which was not really part of the narrative at the time. It's hard to believe how long ago that has been now. Yeah, and he seemed sort of like I think there was general consensus that he could have made a team. He just like you know he really wanted to make the 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 main roster of the Vikings, right? And wasn't really into like playing for somebody else or being on the practice squad or like right. whatever. So, 
Um, anyway, uh, all that we're talking about twenty WrestleMania twenty, which gives you some indication of like how long ago this these guys were in their physical prime. Well, Stone Cold was the was the like special referee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean it's it's just so strange. Goldberg, who was on the show, is a, I really I love Goldberg, and I'm sort of have his his current public persona is one of my guilty pleasures in wrestling because he just doesn't really care a lot of the, yeah. You know, it and, seems like he's sort of given up the the will to to care. But he's but he's re- I mean he, we we know he's in shape. He go he does jujitsu all the time and he looks good. He looks good. But there's a big difference between I'm in shape and I'm in like ring. You know, like obviously there's ring rust, but then there's also the the bodybuilder workout that you have that you that you he would have to do to get back into the Goldberg that we remember. I just feel like it's gonna like look like two really stiff dudes just kind of awkwardly tossing each other around the ring and lots of you know lockups and uh, grappling and I just, I can't imagine it's gonna be any good. I mean WrestleMania well, twenty was such a dud. It was such a dud. I will say this. I mean, if the template if the, if the template here is. Brock Lesnar, who we know can be really good against uh, a guy who's, you know, maybe a decade past his prime, who has a, you know, late life fascination with MMA, then, I mean, like, he did, he'd have two good matches with, with The Undertaker. Yeah. So, two, right? Am I, like, losing my mind? Was it just one? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, my my brain is totally my brain is the toast point. this morning. But anyway, it's, it's a, but yeah, sunlight. I mean, he's, we've seen him. We've seen him in, in, in this sort of match. It's possible that it's going to be really good and really we'll interesting. See. But we'll yeah, see. generally when two when guys try to go to MMA in the wrestling ring, it ends up looking even faker than if they hadn't. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, listen, I, I'm I'm excited. I, I it's just it's just so strange that this is the. I mean, this is what they're hyping. I'm not thrilled. I'm not thrilled at the sort of like promotional aspect of it. I mean, I get that it's all one giant promotion anyway. Yeah. But it seems weird to me. It's also I had the same feeling with that Ms. Dolph Ziggler Kentucky Fried Chicken thing. Like, just I just don't love it. I don't know. It's not that I'm like oh sellouts, but there's just a part of me that's like, all right, well, where do we draw a line? Yeah. Like, at what point, you know, do we have a match because uh, who drinks Pepsi and who drinks Coke? Yes, you know, like yeah. that's going to be the big headlining. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's it's just strange to see. I mean, for the the, the KFC thing, like I, I I don't get too worked up about that stuff. But yeah, I mean, and when they're when these two guys are in a feud that is very real life based, to just like make the uh, it's just weird. It was very strange. Anyway, uh, Goldberg Lesnar, it'll be official next week, I guess. Well, we'll see. I mean, I just like it's I, maybe I, he shows up and just says like go fuck yourself or that would be really great. <laughs> you know, I just don't. I, I guess I guess I'm just like I, I'm not mad at the at at the booking because we're because like I said we're I'm very into it. Yeah, I want to see it. But but, it, but it, we're we'll we're see. sort of at the spot. I think I mentioned this last week where Goldberg is just going to be. I mean, he's going to for the rest of his time in WWE he probably is going to be in these weird little one off, uh, like spotlight matches that don't really have anything to do with WWE continuity or anything like that. Yeah, it's, he's just like he's just doing special events or special. You know, I mean, I, and I that's, think it's going to be interesting to see what the reaction is because what WrestleMania twenty was what twelve years ago. Yeah, plus you yeah. know, and at that point. He was sort of not the star he had once been anyway. Well, I mean, that was one of the first real, real massive instances of the fans hijacking the match. Now that, I mean, now WWE is, you know, accustomed to it and works around it. And that's sort of, you know, is prepared for those sorts of moments. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, a lot of, I don't want to get too deep into like meta criticism here. I think a lot of the fan, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the rationale behind fans, like really like over involving themselves, like the, the chance that sort of take over shows and stuff is wanting to be a part of those chants. Right? right. Exactly. So, I mean, for better or for worse, I think it's a great thing in a lot of ways to be part of that, part of that moment. Yeah. I wonder if fans are going to ironically boo just anyway, so they can be, so they can be Probably just like just WrestleMania be 20. Yeah. yeah. Just to be like the WrestleMania, like we, we weren't there at 20 and now we want to be a part of it. This right. match getting booed out of the arena here. I don't think, I think that regardless, they have a really short leash. Like, Where is the Survivor Series? In, in Boston? San, San Antonio? Oh, no, no. Is it, or wait, no. They're, they're advertising for something in San Antonio. I think I thought it was Survivor Series. Uh, anyway, I'll look it up. But the, I but, think yeah. you're right, actually. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I just think they have to be really, they're just going to have to be really careful. I yeah. mean, the way they book that. And I'm sure they will be, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, anyway, um, it is, it's in Toronto. Sorry, we were both wrong. Uh, Toronto. Toronto, Ontario. Maybe I can just go. I haven't been to Toronto since I was like 12. I mean, it'd be uh, one me, to see for sure. Let me see if Simmons will open up the, open up the, the, the travel fund. Yeah, come on, Bill. Um, Anyway, I don't know what else there is to say about that except like we're like it's it just feels so weird. I mean, it, it's so it's like the it's like it's like the Sting Undertaker match there. I mean that everybody keeps trying to like fantasy book. It's like there's the limit to how excited I can get to watch a 50 year old dude get in the ring for yeah. the first time in and years. get German suplexed around the ring for you know five or six times. Here's the weird thing to me is that when you have a guy like Lesnar who is is a draw and is the thing he is the monster that you bring out of the cage whenever you want you already have a hard enough time giving a storyline to make us all care yeah. to watch a match so now like what is the promo going to be oh we fought at WrestleMania 20 let's settle some business or yeah. like they if they're not well, going to hype it up and it's just going to be like oh let's just put these two guys together then I start to wonder what the point is Well I mean Goldberg had a had actually a very well kind of constructed take when he was on SportsCenter or on ESPN is when when he was he basically said you know I have a win over Lesnar that you know he probably doesn't think that I deserve so let's right. settle and that's it, the fact that they're kind of going into the meta, like the like the fakeness of wrestling, which is what you sort of have to do on those sport, on those ESPN spots, but yeah. like that part is interesting to me. Um, but what I said, I said it last week. I mean, my problem with it is that like if Paul Heyman, as if Paul Heyman were really shooting on Bill Goldberg, he would destroy him in one second. Like there's I mean, not like there wouldn't even be a moment that he, Bill Goldberg could breathe from that because right. he would demolish him. Yeah. So anyway. Um, we got to we got to move on. I'm sure there'll be much more talk about this in weeks to come. The big news, uh, just as I was w- woke up this morning, uh, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, for relatively early in Los Angeles. I woke up to uh, Sam Donsky, who's on the show a bunch, had sent me a message from um, from uh, CrazyDaysAndNights.net, which is one of the great Hollywood celebrity gossip sites. Steve, I'm sure you're on this all the time, looking all the for time. like mentions of yourself and all your the friends. Time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll just, I'm just going to read parts of this to you. This is all news to me, by the yeah, way. Yeah, this is the first time Steve's hearing this. Okay, this is all a quote. One of my pieces of advice that celebrities would be good to heed is to pay your dealer. Bad things can happen when you don't. It doesn't matter who you are. Eventually, you're going to have to pay. Oh, sure, if you're a foreign-born A-list celebrity in her roped corner of the entertainment world... You can sleep with your dealer for a while in order not to pay, but that only lasts for a short time. Eventually, they find someone else who can't pay and want and and they want to trade, and wants to trade, and you are replaced. The next thing you know, you agree to do a little courier run using your status, and you promise yourself you'll do it just one time. 
That then become that one time becomes two <clears throat> or three because your habit keeps growing. Then the unthinkable: you lose your status and you can't make the runs, but still have to, but still have your habit. One drug dealer cuts you off, so you move to the next and the next. At this point, you owe several dealers, but haven't told your celebrity boyfriend. When they come calling, he's caught in the crossfire. You go into hiding. The thing is, you can't go into hiding for long because your addiction is so bad. My guess is, well, this is just dark. My guess is you'll end up dead, either of an overdose or from crossing the wrong people. Now, immediately, everybody said this is this is this blind item is about Paige. Uh, as we know, just got her second drugs-related suspension from days, WWE right? this week. She came out, her dad came out, there's all this stuff in the press where they're saying, oh, it's just Ritalin, or it's, or no, it's pa- painkillers from her neck injury. Right. That she has a doctor's note for. WWE made a statement to the New York Post saying, no, this is, she got pinged for illegal drugs. Um, but this is just like, that is a crazy, <laughs> a crazy and crazily specific blind item. Well, it's been, I mean, look, I follow Paige on Instagram. Uh, I have seen her posts of late. There's clearly some stuff going on. I mean, she's literally like promoting Alberto Del Rio's Mexican restaurant that he's opening up. And it just, the whole thing seems really weird. And that, that, that relationship, I mean, I'm not, I, I hate to, cause I don't know anything about it, but this is pure speculation, but it just seems really, there's some unhealthy things happening. You do not go from the top of an industry like she was so huge two years ago, She's and then wrestler, yeah. something just fell off, and it has to be. I think we talked about this before on a podcast. When when we're hearing things like that, you imagine what the reality is. Because when you're, oh, when, yeah, even if when, it's one five percent of that, when you and I are getting that kind of a whiff of smoke, the fire itself must yeah. be so intense. I mean, again, this is a blind item that's totally in, it's like might might be totally made up, but it but it's uh, these things are are Juliet Littman of the Ringer dot com will tell you that like you know believe these 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 blind items more often than not, uh, yeah. even when you're just even when they're fake. Yeah, there's some ring of there's some truth to them. Um, but man, man, I mean, drug doing doing like like basically drug muling if you're a wrestler is actually you know I I could see how that'd be a lucrative and interesting uh, sideline. You know, I mean, yeah. it's but. What a bad situation! It's a really bad situation. If, if true, probably not true. Where well, it's all it's all presumably fake well, if it's a blind item. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I don't want to. I don't. That ended with on such a dark note. Let's uh, <laughs> let's um, move on to the next subject. Um, we talked a little bit about Survivor Series, and it's worth um, it's it's worth noting that they've already on Tuesday night uh, they 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 started setting up the rest of the Survivor Series card. Um, uh, Shane and, and Daniel Bryan challenged Raw to like a five on five min match, where it's just general five on five dude, five dudes versus five dudes. But then it's also the five best women on each show in a Survivor Series match, and the five best tag teams on each show in one of those great ten or ten versus ten tag right. or tag team showdowns. Both of all of that, I'm a hundred percent behind. Yeah, I mean. I don't like the best women thing. It feels like there should be a women's title match or two at the at Survivor Series. But yeah. it's cool that they're co-branding the show. It's a little bit soon for it to feel like that big of a deal. But, you know, as it breaks through the, the dark clouds of the monotony of pay-per-views and Raws and, every, you know, there's a championship match every time you turn around. Yeah. Uh, that there's part what, of it nine is kind of interesting. now or something like that? Right. I bring this up because um, Raw this week was... Uh, you know, all in on promoting Hell in a Cell, which is their next pay-per-view. But before we get to Hell in a Cell talk, NFL season is here. 
gentlemen and ladies. Are you ready? You got to check out BetDSI.com. With over 20 years in business, uh, it's one of the, the top rated, top businesses, safest places to play on the internet. BetDSI.com is beginning, has a very special beginning of season special. I said special twice. That's how special it is. Uh, a free 25 bucks to try the service. All you have to do is use the promo code BSPN25. That's BSPN25 to claim this limited time offer. Uh, and BetDSI is also offering 100% bonus on your first deposit. They've got the best customer service, uh, the best easy payment of, uh, of, of your winnings, and, uh, and all kinds of bets, man. They have uh, NFL fantasy matchups. They've got uh, player wagers. You can even bet on NASCAR, UFC, presidential election. Um, I wonder what Trump's odds are right now. I don't know. Probably a pretty pretty volatile volatile odds. Um, anyway, you can yet BSI, bet DSI. Uh, you can use them to bet on all that stuff, as well as in-game live wagering on SEC football, uh, pro football, the NFL, uh, and, and other major sporting events. So go to BetDSI.com right now. Uh, that's BetDSI.com. Go there now. The Mass Man Show is also brought to you this week by, oh wow, WWE 2K17. All right, folks, get ready to be taken to Suplex City. We already talked about this uh, in real life, but now you can play it in the video game version too. It's WWE 2K17 back once again as the defending champ of WWE video games with Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg. Very special performances in the game. WWE 2K17 features amazing graphics and gameplay, as well as a gigantic roster featuring the biggest and brightest WWE superstars past and present. WWE 2K17 also has a powerful creation suite featuring returning faves such as create a superstar, create a championship, and the all-new option, create a video and create a victory. The, the new promo engine will bring the drama and personality of the WWE superstars to life and my career in WWE Universe modes. Uh, your words will shape your character as they rise through the ranks of NXT and WWE to become a WWE champ and Hall of Famer. Also enjoy a star-studded soundtrack featuring some of the top names in the music industry, curated by Steve Kazee's favorite artist, Sean Diddy Combs, a.k.a. Puff Daddy. For more information on everything WWE 2K17, go to WWE.2K.com. WWE 2K17 is on the shelves right now, so go out and grab your copy today. There's a lot of pay-per-views to look forward to, but Hell in a Cell, it's like they, they just have to keep doubling down on everything because there's not enough, they can't make enough noise to break through, yeah. right? Uh, at Hell in a Cell this year, we have three announced Hell in a Cell matches, which is, okay, I mean, I guess there's a certain there's a certain argument that, like, why not just do every match on the card in Hell in a like, Cell because that's what the name of the pay-per-view yeah, is, Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, just make it a whole big cage match, the whole I, thing. I would, I've always rather, would, I've always thought I would rather have, like, uh, you know, the TLC pay-per-view just be, like, everything goes in every match. Right. Because it just seems so weird to, like, you know. Have yeah. one match that's just tables, ladders. Well, you know, have we ever seen a battle royal inside of a cage? Um, I don't know how you would toss the people out. That's a good They point. do have those old WWE cages that didn't have a top. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them don't have tops, I guess, but the big blue one that was like the the Hulk Hogan one, the Hulk Hogan era one was like pretty short, too. Yeah. The one that Snooka jumped off of oh, in his yeah. famous moment was like, you know, eight and a half feet tall. Yeah, it wasn't not too that, big. I'm just kidding. But it was, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, I mean, certainly you could have to do something. I'm just trying to think of like what other matches you could throw in there and just have it be interesting. Because, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm super excited for Charlotte, Sasha in a cage. Like, 
I'll see that. I am for very, sure. very excited because I know how good they're. I mean, but at the same, I'm I'm, I'm going to be watching that like like I was watching Undertaker Shane this year at WrestleMania. Just in like, my, I I'm going to be so scared that someone's going to get hurt the well, whole yeah. time. Yeah, this is what wrestling has become. It's like it's it's either too silly you, you for me. You know, Charlotte's backflipping off the top of the cage. Oh my gosh! You know that's going to happen. I was watching, um, just talking about how silly it's become. I was watching the. Uh, we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about No Mercy at the end, but uh, but I was watching it with a uh, an eight year old kid. He had never seen wrestling before. Was not interested in watching wrestling, but he was there, and I was just like, turn it on. Um, like I said, never watched it, never been interested in it. Turned on the main event, the, the five o'clock main event at No yeah. Mercy. It took him legitimately thirty seconds to be the biggest John Cena fan in the Are history. You serious? Of the world. It's impossible. Uh, it, like it's he. That guy is it just, just looks like a superhero. Yeah, he's yeah. just really great. The main event, the five o'clock main event, also or the eight o'clock main event, also known as not a main event. Oh, okay. We we have to wait for this. I'm sorry I brought it up because we're getting into the we're getting the semantics of the situation. Okay. Um, but what do you think? So you're, we're excited about Charlotte Sasha. I'm actually, I, I, I have to say, I, I have been a little tuned out, which yeah. I sort of mentioned to you, because I just feel like there's so much. It's hard to know what to pay attention to. With everything to. that's happening, TNA Impact and Lucha Underground and all the other indie stuff, like, I just, my brain, there's so much wrestling right now, which is not, look, it's a great problem to have. But I feel a little tuned out because I feel like this brand split has hurt in the sense that it's not allowing me to care enough about either product. However, having said that, I'm much more in tune with what's happening on Raw these days because I just sort of enjoy those storylines a little better. Yeah. I like the performers a little better. So I'm actually excited for Hell in a Cell because I think there's going to be some great matches. Yeah. I mean, I think that the women's match has the potential to be just spectacular. Um, the, uh, the U.S. title match. Yeah. The Rusev Reign stuff is like been I, – I've been enjoyed. I – I, I, you know, a lot of people were like talking shit about this feud at the beginning and just, I mean, for good reason, some, um, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but maybe it's bearing out that I, that I'm a little bit right. But like, if you don't have, for lack of something more important to do with a wrestler, if someone seems to sort of be treading water, just put them in a two month feud with somebody or a three month feud or a four month feud and just let it keep going because eventually you can like find your way through to it feeling important. We saw it with Ziggler Miz. We saw it with, uh. With Cesaro and Sheamus, sort of. I mean, yeah, yeah, like we all of. cared by the end, and now I'm interested in this tag team situation that they're in. Yeah, and uh, and certainly like Rusev Reigns, I care way more now than I did a month and a half ago. Oh, uh, when like the with the wedding did, cake and all that. Yeah. yeah, I definitely am far more invested now. Um, and you know, we've seen that they're uh, that I mean, they're developing like they're developing a pretty good chemistry. Yeah, you know. Um, let's see. Uh, and then the then the the main event we have Rollins versus uh, Kevin Owens yeah also in a Hell in a Cell now that could be that could be just epic yeah I feel like there's potential to have like three really classically great matches yeah if everything lands the right way what yeah you know? no and that's not no pun intended I assume no I think the expectation it's okay to have a very high expectation with these three particular matches it's people who are matched up really well together we've seen what some of them can do because they've they've wrestled each other before and there feels like they're the stakes feel high like yeah it feels like a real sort of stakes you know Here, here's a problem with the, the triple hell in a cell from my point of view and this is from uh sort of a wwe logic 
like taking WWE logic into account is that when you have three Hell in a Cell matches, like they're really careful about not repeating big spots, but right. they're also like trying to plan the whole matches around these big spots. Right. So by the by, I bet by the third one, by the time that Rollins Owens rolls around, we're gonna be like. Oh well, no one's gone on the roof yet, so we know they're going on the roof. Like you'll by like process of elimination, you'll be able to figure out what their like what the spot they have waiting is. Yeah. Also, I mean, the sort of like t- this is maybe neither good nor bad depending on your point of view. But like when there's three matches, we know that Rollins and Owens, and we know that the that the women will both go uh, like just all out. Like they're they're tr- they're going to be trying to like rewrite the history book for sure. And there's no reason to think that Rollins and Reigns won't feel that. Pr- I mean, sorry, that, that uh, Reigns Rusev and Reigns won't feel the pressure and try to step it up, too. I'm worried when you're, like, playing one-upsmanship, when you're trying to book a spot that the other two matches won't book, there's the potential that we're going to see some, like, Foley-type stuff in this match or Shane McMahon-type stuff <laughs> yeah, in this match. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I do feel like we're going to see something like Charlotte, because she gives zero fucks, which I oh. love about her. She Did will he? just jump off anything. She'll do backflips off of anything. She just doesn't care. Did you see this picture of Charlotte as a little kid that someone posted on the internet no. yesterday? Well, you haven't been paying I'll attention. I'll take a look, yeah. I'll see if I can pull it up. There's a really great photo of Rick, uh, Charlotte, when she looks to be about, like, two or three years old, and Ric Flair doing, like, the, you know his morning squats or whatever it's uh it's 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 pretty cute i love her man she's so good right now oh come on i'm showing him the picture Beautiful. right now uh it's uh it, it is she is so good right now that i saw i don't know where i saw it but somebody said she's already like one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time and i can't really argue with that like she's just really no good. i mean there's you know you'd have to go back to like just word of mouth and grainy tapes from like the the 50s or 60s to really i mean I, I'm, I'm trying i'm like i'm struggling to think of uh, i'm sure there's some like ja- there are definitely some japanese performers that somebody would put in this conversation yeah um but yeah, I mean, when she grabbed the mic from Rusev the other night, I was like, oh, she's just really good. Like she just she can be that mean, awful, nasty queen that sort of like the the maleficent or the yeah. you know, the I totally agree. And when she grabbed the mic from Rusev, there was that I mean, I you know, there's very there's very few women in the world that could you know, grab the mic from Rusev and have you think that just like, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing that yeah, match. Right? I'd watch that match. I'm still I'm like for intergender wrestling. I need that to happen in WWE. It's time to come out of the shadows. Yeah. Bit. I mean, I really liked the 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 intergender, well, not intergender, the mixed tag match they had on Raw. Yeah. Um I thought it's, it's definitely as far as like trying to kind of like mix up um, the what you're seeing on Raw from what you're seeing on the pay-per-views and making use of like a, a smaller roster in the best possible way. It was yeah. a it was a, a nice different look. But it looks so. I mean, it's still on, on Lucha Underground. It you don't even bat an eye. You literally don't bat an eye when yeah. a when a girl like you got it. You just got to establish. I mean, it's it's it would be so hard for WWE to do that. My only my, my biggest problem with the with the mixed tag on Monday night was that there was one point. There are probably more than one, but one that I'm thinking of where um, where like one of the dudes was in just total control, just like just hit a finisher on his opponent, and then they both tagged in the women, you know, yeah. or the, whatever. Then the women came in. It was just yeah. like, wow, like it's you know. Like it, it just I feel seems... like I feel like because it's so corporate, they're small stepping it. You know, like let's, let's start doing like mixed tag, then you'll well, have China, one man. or two spots where people can. Yeah, but China was the exception to the rule. I think uh, it's better. I think we're better off if we. I mean, I, in, in my opinion, I'd say you keep it separate. But there's no reason why why uh, Charlotte or hell, I mean Sasha, anybody else can't just like occasionally hit a finisher on a dude in a schmoz just to you know. 
just just to prove a point. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, to wrap up talking about Hell in a Cell, mm-hmm. are there? Do you think are there any spots? Are there any big spots left for Hell in a Cell? Like Shane jumped off the cage <laughs> about two feet in front of you at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, yeah. Um, but and I and I was mortified. Like I like it was it's a scary moment. But at the same time, it didn't really have it. It wasn't like it, it like it felt like it was so we were so sure it was happening for yeah. like it felt pretty sure for the whole match. And then like the thirty seconds to a minute before it happened, like we could tell where they were going. Right? Yeah. So I've always felt like. The next big, you know, because like sort of like uh, in like X Games, you know, everybody's always trying for the next big trick. Who can do the first 900 or whatever? I feel like there's an opportunity to do like a power bomb off of the top of a cage, like through an announce table. Oh, like a like a Bubba Ray Dudley style, like like on May Young, I'm protecting you the whole way down. You're protecting you the whole way down, but you go through the table together. I mean, I think it can be done. It's I, like two two people falling off falling from that height together just opens up for so many even I mean oh, it's it's like you it's so many though, potential problems. Let's talk about a Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens at the on top of the cage. Even how about this? Like an old Foley through the top of the cage onto the ring, but like a pop-up power bomb. Oh yeah. I, I mean, think that there. I think that I definitely think that the breaking the break the 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 kind of trapdoor cage roof is uh, a little is slightly undermined territory. Like yeah. they could do some more work there. I think that that just. I mean, it just opens up so many problems, right? I mean, so many problems. Ugh, man, I mean, I don't know what Kevin Owens. I, did, I haven't thought about this deeply until I'm saying it now. I don't know what Kevin Owens' full range of possibilities in a Hell in a Cell are. I think that's what's so amazing about That's why I'm so excited to see because I feel like he has the gusto to go for whatever. Like, I don't think he's the kind of guy that goes like, eh, let's don't try that. I've seen him do some really crazy stuff live when he was in Ring of Honor and not in, not in the shape that he's in now. So, yeah. but, but he does have two bad knees and he's, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's in, they're doing a lot better than they once were too, but... Uh, but you know, it, it does. It does. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, we'll see, so, man. And also, by the way, let's talk about this. <clears throat> Still jumping off the top of a fucking cage man. is incredible to see. So, uh, like, if it literally, if every one of those people in that match jump off the top of the cage, I'm gonna be fine. I think that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, th- I feel like the, I feel like we're gonna see Rollins do something really spectacular. I would agree with that. I think I, I can imagine a sort of like monkey barsing to the middle of the ring and then somehow do it like hanging and doing a phoenix splash from the yeah. like there's we're gonna see some cool stuff yeah um but it is sort of just it's just nuts that like they're just like yep we got three and that's it's like we said it's part of it's just the noise because it's just there's so much stuff before yeah. you're watching a main event match and they're already hyping up something like a bigger main event that's going to be in two weeks i actually think that we're going to see a pretty bloody uh evening as well Ooh, i know they've been sort of we were at the nxt where they kept stopping to like clean joe up uh the finn balor joe match when he got busted open and it was just like ruined the match kept trying to like stop the bleeding it was the worst thing and i think they may be saw from that like okay if it's incidental contact let's let it keep going but let's don't intentionally bust people open yeah but i think you're gonna see some blood kofi got busted open in that raw match a couple weeks ago and just i mean was it was just messy yeah um and they he was involved after the after he started bleeding and certainly the ref wasn't running in but it was more of a sort of like schmozzy he's running in and then getting tossed out and at the end 
um at the end after the finish yeah xavier came in and like he was the one that put the towel on his head yeah. like to so yeah i mean that certainly felt a little bit less formal than the let's put let's pause the match and get the referee i, mean, I think get that's the, part of it too is like they, they they also like i think by doing three matches in a in a cell they they are pushing that this is going to be like you know brutal like we want this to be a brutal evening otherwise yeah. why are you doing three matches in a cage like what's the point it's man i mean they, it's the the place that they put themselves in trying to one-up themselves i don't think it's a bad I don't think it's bad for creativity. It's yeah. an oh, it's too much, I think, for the average fan to digest. Yeah. But uh, I've always said, just throw everything at the wall and then figure out how to be better next week. Like that's that that's a great creative process. It also depends on the cage we get too, because that you know, especially for Raw now, the announce table's away from the ring. Maybe it's a bigger cage. Maybe it's a higher cage. Like I don't know. What oh yeah, there's floor with the floor around the cage, with yeah. the floor around the ring inside the cage. You could do a battle royal, although yeah. that would be just really awkward with everybody standing there unable to get <laughs> after <out>. you get <laughs> eliminated. <laughs> um, but uh, but yes, I mean, but like I guess my point is that it's just like this. Is, this Hell in a Cell is sort of like WWE in a microcosm right now. We're just it's we're putting three Hell in a Cell matches, which could be great, which is, I'm excited for. I'm more yeah. excited for that show than otherwise. Um, but they just have to keep one upping themselves to make it to make anything feel like it matters. It has been exhausting to keep up with every other week having a pay per view and just like and the, on every off week there was a title match on one of the two shows. Like yeah. it's and and like a legitimate like. You know, we're gonna put AJ and Dean back together and just see what happens, and maybe this will affect the pay. I mean, it, even if it doesn't, you know, yeah. everything feels really vital right now, which is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're announcing main events for, I mean, championship matches for next week. Like, on, like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's it must be exhausting. To I be think you run the wrestler. risk a little bit of like what boxing runs into, which is when you have eighteen different champions of sixteen different divisions and. You know, I, as much as I love the cruiserweight classic, like, can we just let's just? I'd rather cut an hour off of Raw and not have any cruiserweight matches. Like, I mean, I'm, just, I'm surprised that that's I sort of care. what we're. That's the shape of Raw right now. I if know. you like look at Raw without the cruiserweight stuff, it's not just the first hour, which would make it much easier to skip that first hour, and that's why they can't do it. They yeah. can't do it. But like, yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed the cruiserweight stuff a little bit, but but yeah, if you just fast forwarded through that, you probably wouldn't have any trouble keeping up with wrestling or listening to this podcast yeah, <laughs> or no. doing it, you know, it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, all right. Enough talk about a pay-per-view that hasn't happened yet. Um, let's talk about one that just did. Mm, do we have to? Well, you don't, you, you didn't enjoy no mercy. <laughs> I did not enjoy no mercy. Um, I talked about it a little bit a minute ago. Uh, eight year olds love John Cena. This is not, should not come as a surprise to anyone, <laughs> but to watch it firsthand was just like, you know, it's like put, it's like doing a like a second grade science experiment where you put the two things in the beaker and you're just like, holy shit, they're exploding! Like, yeah, that was the point. Totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, first of all, let me just say this: I love the main the main event open. We, we don't have to call it the main event, but I love the title match opening the show. I have not, I have not been that awake and alert and excited for a t for a pay-per-view title match in like five years <laughs> i mean that's one i guess that's one way of looking at it i wasn't exhausted by the time it finally rolled yeah. around and it's not like i mean there have definitely been some pay-per-views that i was hyped for you know like go to the bar and watch with other marks and whatever and just like we're high-fiving but like still by hour three i'm full of beer and food and just sort of like I'm, i know i'm gonna have to watch all this again tomorrow hour four if you watch the pre-show yeah you know? exactly um 
<clears throat> but yeah, when that came on, I was just, I was busy doing stuff. I looked at my clock, it's two till, put on the WWE Network, and I'm like, wow, it's happening right now, and I haven't missed anything, and I don't have to feel bad, and it was a really good match. Now, I made I made a uh, an unnecessary prediction last week that, that the triple threat was going to be a match of the year candidate. Just because I just felt it just felt like it was like it needed it needed to be. That's a bold statement. Yeah. Well, I mean, AJ is always. I mean, AJ Styles has matched the year candidates. I mean, candidate matches Every just time. like falling off his falling off his pockets. Um, he's got more match matches of the year candidates this year than bad tattoos. But um, but yeah, it was it wasn't that for sure. But it was clear that it that they that. I, I know this. I, I didn't even have to bring that up. And I, I'm just begging for your forgiveness. But it was clear that they needed something. They needed it to be a, more than just a regular a forgettable triple threat match. Yeah. Um, I, and putting it on first, I thought, accomplished that. It also, you know, the, the debate had more to do with it than anything else. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the match. I just think that... I just think that they've... A single chair shot to the back has so little legitimacy in the world of pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, that it's just an insane way to book out the ending of a match. Yeah, I, especially I, because but we I, we should have mentioned this in the last segment about differentiating the Hell in a Cell matches. Rusev and Reigns are just going to hit each other with chairs for forty five minutes. For I mean, sure. that's what that inside a cage. That's probably what that match is going to be. Yeah, um, they're probably going to try to bloody each other, all that kind of stuff. So um, the, the the triple threat on Sunday was really good, but like. When you get in the ring and just smack a guy on the back, like you expect, well, that's the setup for a bigger move, or that's you know something worse is about to happen. It was just such a weird finish, I guess. It was a really weird finish. It, I look, I've been on this train for months now, and I'm still on it. Like I don't know what the fuck we're doing with Dean Ambrose. I just mm. really don't get it. He felt superfluous to that match. He didn't feel like I don't know why he was in that match. Uh, I feel like it's time for him to maybe go back to the mid card somewhere. It's tough. I don't disagree. I don't disagree, but because I much rather would have just watched another Cena Styles match in that spot, like I because I felt like I I felt like that's what I was watching anyway. I did not feel like a triple threat to me. It didn't feel, it didn't feel cohesive enough. I don't know why. I just it's like I'm just not into the Ambrose Styles. It's just not. Wait, Ambrose, Ambrose and AJ Styles. Is that who you're talking about? Ambrose yeah. style. No, Ambrose and Styles. Right. Um, yeah. No, I mean it's or Ambrose's style. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm tr- I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe next week we should. Next time you come on the show, we should have like fantasy booking Dean Ambrose corner because like there must be an answer to this, right? When he got the belt when they launched SmackDown, he was. It was really he was important to the show. He made it feel legitimate. When he's when he's firing on all cylinders, there's no one else that gets that gets the reaction that he does. What's, what we talked about on one of the past episodes is that when he is a lunatic, like a real lunatic, like the, you're sort of worried about him and what's going to happen to someone wrestling him. Yeah, you know the sort of like grabbing the hands and making the weird faces. That's the Dean Ambrose. That's the sweet spot, Ambrose. The like goofy, like nonchalant, yeah, um, like the the Ambrose we saw last night. Oh, don't even get me started on that fucking match. But you know, it's like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I, I, it just doesn't work for me. He doesn't seem like a legitimate contender. He didn't feel like a legitimate title holder. You know, it's like he got to that place by doing one thing, and then immediately when they gave him the belt, it's like, all right, now let's make you a fucking idiot. Yeah. 
and see how that works I, out I for everybody. I, I, I hate to say it. I don't totally disagree. I mean, I, I, I think that you got to keep him, if he's not going to be in the main event, you got you got to keep him uh, significant, but you also just got to keep him sort of a heel. I mean, not... not like, and, and, a, and a true heel. Yeah. Like, because, look, AJ Styles can be an idiot. It works really well for him yeah. to like play the idiot champion, sure, because he's like also really good. But he's just a moron. He yeah. can be the moron. But Ambrose has got to be terrifying, yeah, because when he starts to get into morony like you know goofball stuff, it just he doesn't feel threatening anymore. I think that the I think that you if I I mean this is just off the top of my head. If if he's not going to be carrying the belt, we got you should either try to do some sort of legend killer angle with him where he's just like, maybe he just wants to be in the main event so bad he's just trying to stalk Shane until he has a match with him or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I think the other thing you can do is just put him in a, you know, give him a buddy. That's a, that's always a, t- a tried and true, actually not true. Oof. It's a, that's a tried and often failing uh, wrestling booking There's policy. So many buddies right now, though. There are a lot of buddies. So many buddies. But, you know, why not? I mean, like... Um, yeah, yeah. I guess that I guess that like we don't need to see Dean Ambrose Bray Wyatt again. But like you know, if there's a, I feel like there's a version of that feud where they could bring out the kind of worst and the best in each other. The, yeah, maybe that's the, the eventual Bray Wyatt babyface turn is there. But like it's um, not that he needs to formally turn face. But like, you know, he would you could you could see a really good feud between those two. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, man. Maybe maybe he'll finally finally. Uh, Start the relationship with Baron Corbin that we've all been waiting for. Like, Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin look like two guys you wouldn't want to talk to at a bar. So, Absolutely, like, you, you could you could imagine that chemistry. Yeah. Um, all right, so um, the main event, not main event. The first match was uh, was a little bit of a, a little bit of a letdown, especially considering how overhyped I made it. Um, and then there, you know, we can we can briefly run through these. Um, I don't actually no, we're not going to briefly run through these. Uh, the only match on this card that uh, there's only two matches on this card that bear mention. One was uh, Alexa Bliss versus Becky, which didn't happen. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I hope Becky's doing fine. Uh, Seems like been she no is. I mean, Hollywood already... blind items about her, so I, I think I think it's just a, probably some sort of stomach flu. I don't know. Yeah, something. I'd say. Um, if it's come out what it is, I have no idea. But it did seem like it. It, it was one. It was very strange to me. It was conspicuous how much they were they they insisted upon. The fact that it was a not it was not suffered in the ring, whatever it happened to her. Yeah, I don't know if it's because they're so actively deflecting from the concussion situation or what. Well, and then to not only so like if they say oh it didn't happen in the ring, then why tweet or Instagram a picture of yourself in a hospital gown in a hospital bed? Because then I start to go like, well, what the fuck? Like if if you're going to go as far as to say it didn't happen in the ring, I think then that, just I think tell that us what the happened. Picture is important for. To establish the legit, I guess I don't know how much it matters. They could be kayfabing or whatever, but like, I think you know, in wrestling, it's always difficult for people to believe that you're that what you're telling them is true, right? And they did need to establish that that was that that was the case. I mean, listen, um, the this is this. I don't think this is you know breathtaking information. The best thing about Sunday night and that you know it, it sucked that match didn't happen, but I really felt like that pre-match promo that Alexa Bliss gave was like one of my first real. Uh, moments where I thought Alexa Bliss was just like the top of the division. I think she's got it. I really do. I've seen it. I've, I, I've sort of, she's been one of those people in the last few months uh, that I've, you can really just see that being around all those other girls is like 
making it's raising her bar sure and it gets higher and higher and higher for her and she just keeps meeting the expectation right i mean her i mean her she had a lot of hype but she was coming up through developmental and 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 well deserved um i don't know what it, you know I, this but she kind of got lost in that shuffle she, down there well, she too. was she was a you know a, the generation after the horse women or whatever yeah. and there was you know um yeah, I mean, and then there was like Nia Jax came up, and there and and Ashka, and there. Yeah, I mean, there was a little, but she was um, honestly like, I, like I'm surprised that she doesn't look tiny in the WWE ring. She always she looks looked like so tiny, but she looks smaller in on NXT to me, which I, you know, that's it, not a not a deal breaker or anything. Yeah. But you know, you got to look a little bit legit. But I think that putting her and Becky together, you know, it's a slightly, uh, well, I mean. I don't know what Alexa standing next to Charlotte's going to look like. I guess is the what I'm getting at here. But um, but no. But I but I thought that she. I mean, she just she felt like a real like a real heel champion yeah. on Sunday night, and I and I I that think that was just awesome. And how did you feel about that finish? Um, I don't even remember what happened. Didn't Naomi beat her? Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was non-title match. Because there, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's no title involved. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. It's weird to me. Like, it's, I think that that's they. It, they just got, they had. It was actually a good move because they they mixed it up. Yeah, I know, but like, I, I would have been much more impressed if like Naomi came down, gave her a great match, and then you know Alexa sort of like was able to get over that hump and can now be like, you put anybody else that you want, I'm still coming for Becky Lynch. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, well, you got Naomi kicked your ass, so I'm not going to be too worried about facing you when I'm back from Montezuma's Revenge or well, listen, whatever. Listen, I mean, I think you part of it's the WWE logic is you're, you you got to mix up the card, right? I mean, there, right. there's not a lot happened on this show. We're not even. I don't even. I'm literally not letting you talk about Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, even if you wanted to, um, because I feel like we're going to be talking about that for another month anyway. I have nothing to say. The only other match that really matters, I mean, and and again, this it matters a great deal. Was Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz? Yeah, title versus career match. Yeah, uh, which is uh, I'll, I'll let me. I'll just start this off with a little bit of it with like a little story the, on the podcast last week. I feel like I was saying, um, you know, for a match that we all know exactly how it's going to end, this has been a really fun ride. Yeah. On Sunday, I was exchanging text messages with. Sam Donsky and Sean Fennessy, who's the editor in chief of the uh, the Ringer dot com, and uh, and we would all sort of like we all kind of picked Dolph Ziggler to win, and then immediately were over was over overcome with this like feeling like oh wait maybe not like yeah. like we somehow talked ourselves into the storyline. Yeah, I did as well, actually. Because, you know, but it's also, they're so over, we, we see so much of their personal lives now, and I know that he's got 5,000 other things going on. He wants to do stand-up. He's got a thing he hosts sure. for Fox. Like, he got a lot of stuff he wants to do. And he's been doing this for a while, right? Takes a toll on the body, takes a toll on the mind. And there I was thought, some, and there was, there was some weird, not weird, there was some, one of the wrestlers with a podcast, Flair or somebody, said something about how WWE already has a backstage plan for him. Like, right. Like a, you know, a job in waiting. Or oh, because he, well, he keeps doing the announce table stuff. Like, yeah. he's out there a lot. So there was a moment on, some, uh, actually, when I watched the day after, where I was like, maybe he loses. Like, maybe he loses because that's what we're all not expecting. Yeah. I mean, if they hadn't said the thing where they said, no, I'm, you're not you're not going to NXT, you're not going to Japan or whatever. Right. Like, you actually, he's just retiring. Right. Um, 
I, I think I would have been a hundred percent in on him losing because I can imagine him going to evolve or whatever. You know, just wor- yeah. just working the indie, like doing the WWE endorsed version of what Cody's doing for a couple of months, and then taking some time off to do his stuff, yeah, and then coming back. But even without that, I just said I was like, as I was typing this to Donsky, I just I found myself believing it. I was like, well, no, they could he could just quit. I mean, he he could just lose and then build this and then somehow slow burn this back to a an out of retirement match at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. You could see him coming back and but of course none of that happened. No. It ended exactly the way that we thought it would end. Um I feel a little bit better about my terrible prediction about about the main event being uh being a, a match of the year candidate because we did sort of get a match of the year candidate on this card. That yeah. That Miz Ziggler match was really, really good. It's been, that feud has been really good, and, and you know, I'm not. I, I go on record as not ever really being that much of a Miz guy or a Dolph Ziggler guy. Yeah. But this feud, I've been really loving. I mean, I think they just are both right, like right in the prime of everything. Like just hitting everything the right moments. Absolutely. Maurice is like great for whatever weird reason whatever, like, whatever it is she she can never not be with the mid yeah it's like really good so it just goes to show you man sometimes you know you just have to sort of trust that these things are going to like you said if you put somebody in a four month story yeah if they're good at what they do then they find a way to sort of make it happen yeah I mean, and they're all, it's always going to be sort of like a relationship right where like it's, yeah. co- it's the first month is just amazing yeah Month two, you're just like, what am I doing here? You got to like, start figuring it out. Yeah, like, <laughs> right? and, and everybody's and 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 everybody watching. I mean, I don't think that you can really correlate this to wrestling and relationships. But month two is hard as a fan. You're just like, this. We've seen this before. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's it feels sort of repetitive. Then by like month three, you're sort of like, ah, oh, you find your rhythm. It's good. Like I like this is. There's a lot of benefits to this situation. And then month four, if you're if it's still working, then it's just spectacular, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, listen, that match. Like I say this every time, there's a great match. We could talk about this forever. I do feel like, um, without getting too much into the details of like the what happened in the match, um, I don't think that this was not a traditional match of the year candidate sort of match. There, they've been obviously Miz and Ziggler have been working very hard to like bring each other, like take each other up a level. Yeah, um, since the beginning of the feud, and I think that the shows. But there was still, like, a lot of these times we say match of the year, match of the year, whatever. Like, there's a very kind of indie or whatever vibe to a WWE match, you know? It's, like, this sort of, like, like schmozzy, indie, or not even schmozzy, but, like, a million close pinfalls, which this match had. But there's yeah. just sort of, it feels, I don't know, we give a lot of credit to something feeling not like WWE. Yeah. Which is legitimate in a lot of ways. This match felt... 100% WWE. Yeah. This is the sort of best case scenario of what WWE, like what can spring forth from the WWE rule. Like it, it felt slow burn to me too. It felt like in the beginning, I, I wasn't sure how I was, you know, you sort of, I was in and out and then it just, it's, this is the great thing about wrestling. I try to explain this to people all the time. When you see a really good match where two people are communicating in all the right ways, uh-huh. the choreography is working the right way, the story's being told, 
it's not an instantaneous thing. Like you don't start a match and go, "This is fucking awesome." Right. Well, sometimes the it's, crowd does. It's the build. It's the build, yeah. and then when you get to the end and it's all said and done, you're like, "Holy shit, that was a fucking great story." I will say, like the Miz had the had like did the the kind of springboard powerbomb move twice, or you know, attempted the move twice, and neither time quite sunk. Like it was both of the bounces were a little bit weird, and I and I remember noticing it and immediately not caring. Like yeah. I made the note. I made like half of a note. You know, um, and that goes to show like how like it felt like part of the fabric of the match. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I, don't, I feel fairly confident in saying Miz hit the figure. F- I cared about a Miz figure four for the first time in my life. And I mean, or cared deeply about one. Yeah. I mean, it was by the time that like he had that locked in at the end, I was just so into the match. You know, yeah. I mean, I can't even remember a match where I bought as many fit false finishes yeah. where I bought as many, like I, many times I felt like someone was going to tap out to a submission hold that was just clear. Like in retrospect was just insane. Like that I would have thought that. Yeah. I mean, they, you're right. It's the slow build. Yeah. Always the slow And if ones. they get you in, then, you know, they can like, they, they, wrestling just has such power over you by the end. Yeah. It's really, really incredible, and I'm and they and I, I like how they did the how Maurice came with the spray in the eyes again. Like it was sort of a greatest hits of the whole. Feud. <laughs> it was like it was so good because you were like, oh, not again. And then he's like, oh, he's powering through. Well, it was a perfect moment because it gave that that they needed to do that because that allowed you that allowed you to believe if you had if you didn't already that that Dolph could lose because he had a he has you know argument for a rematch, yeah. right? Or he has you know, whatever he's like. There's there's more, more hijinks. The but little man. Zack Ryder finishing move in there too, which yeah, uh, I love that when the guys pull out the one like somebody else's move, yeah. in them, or just like the one extra move. And they're like, I mean, those yeah. guys are like so super tied anyway. No, it's really good, and it makes sense. You know, you would learn how to do your buddy's move. Yeah, if you, of course, you would probably helped him practice it a whole lot. <laughs> right. Um, listen, we got to get out of here. Uh, All right, man. But seriously, I mean, the Miz and and uh, Miz and Dolph Ziggler are the winners of the week for sure. Not that that's an official designation here, but uh, but you know, it's a. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just can't. I, this is one of those moments where I'm glad that we can talk it up. I'm glad that we can talk about how good it was. Uh, there was an awful lot of pro wrestling that we had to pay attention to. And I hope that doesn't get just like drowned out by, every, by the, you know, 12 cage matches that we're going to see in the next month. So much stuff happening. Um, I'm looking at the internet. I'm looking at, at Squared Circle on Reddit right now. And the page, the page blind item is, is topping the page. I mean, no pun intended. People are, people are very, uh, People are very into this. It seems. I mean, look, you know, uh, unfortunately, this industry has uh, a lot of bad history with such things. Um, you hope that the WWE has learned lessons over the years that will allow them to be able to offer help and support. Now, whether that's accepted by the other person is a big thing, but it's clear there's a lot of enabling going on in in her world. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I hope if it's any of it's true, I hope that she gets help because I do believe she is a uh, a wonderfully talented performer and seems to be a wonderful person as well. I mean, maybe part, just a little mixed up. A lot of times we're talking about these, you know, the the sad sides of wrestling, and, and you know, we'll talk about how it's sad that wrestlers are independent contractors, and that uh, we can talk about that another day. I just think it it bears mention that there's a certain sort of person that wants to become a professional wrestler and there's a very independent contractor sort of vibe. I mean, sort of personality that, yeah. that it makes sense, you know? Yeah. 
Um, it's like a, it's like being a rock and roller. You know, yeah. it's like you're going to be on the road ninety percent of your life. Um, it's a hard life. It's ups and downs. You're putting your body through the fucking paces on a nightly basis. After uh, WrestleMania in Santa Clara, on the way back, uh, I stopped, We stayed for a Raw the next night and drove home uh, following that Raw. Stopped at a convenience store and there's Brie Bella like buying a bag of chips and a bottle of soda because they're driving to like Anaheim, you know. And it just hit me that like it's a fucking hard life, man. It's a hard hard life yeah and they do it 300 days a year um have you seen total total bellas yet no uh there's a little bit there's a little bit of an insight in their weird life although it's a little bit more you know it's a little bit glitzier well, well this is, this is, is right two word. years ago so maybe things have changed for them a bit but uh yeah it's just um, crazy i will say i got to talk about that whole sh- that show in, in more depth in the show but it but it it's uh it made me think of it because you just brought it up. There's definitely, I think we saw John Cena's heel turn in the first episode of that show, the one we've all been waiting for. It was spectacular. All right. Um, anyway, uh, it is a hard life, and we really appreciate the wrestlers for uh, for like entertaining us every week and putting themselves through this shit. It's um, you know, it, it's what makes a, it was what makes a finish like Dolph winning the Intercontinental Championship really feel great because we know because it's a fact they've just put us they put themselves through so much hell to make us yeah. happy. Yeah, and so uh, does Steve Kazee. That's what's right. Your, what's your Twitter handle? At Steve Kazee, and uh, and and so do I. I did. I don't feel bad at all saying we put ourselves through hell making this podcast. Yeah, if you, if you ever need to find my Twitter account, you can just go to Dan Saint Germain's page because all that dude does is sit and tweet at me all day long. Dan is a He's very Dan is me. a very lonely person. Yeah. He's obsessed with me, comedians. Um, am I right? Yeah. Exactly. Listen, uh, thanks for listening, uh, and thanks for thanks for uh, for caring about wrestling as much as we do, humanoids. And thanks again to WWE 2K17 for sponsoring today's episode. All right, folks, get ready to be taken to Suplex City, courtesy of WWE 2K17. They're back once again as the defending WWE video game champion with its cover superstar, Brock Lesnar. WWE 2K17 features amazing graphics and gameplay, as well as a gigantic roster featuring the biggest and brightest WWE superstars past and present. For more info on everything 2K17, Go to WWE.2K.com. WWE 2K17 is on the shelves now, so go out and grab your copy today. Humanoids.